Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much as the age and the age to come. Now, probably youth, like high school kids are like, dude, so if I leave home, I, I can inherit eternal life. I'm doing that. Mom, peace out. I'm going, you know. But no, I think we get so caught up in the family side. And, and I think, like when I, I remember the first time I read this, I'm like, God, you want me to leave my home? What? Like, how do you tell me to be a light to my family and friends? But I think it's ultimately, Jesus is trying to tell us, where's your priority? Is your priority in, uh, in, in your family or in other things, in your work, whatever it may be? Or is your priority in him? Are you putting him at the top of your priority list, number one? And I think we forget that. Sometimes people think, um, Whoa, whoa, if I put God first, that means uh, all these other things are going to, to fail. And, and that's so wrong. I remember hearing this one person say, even if God wasn't real, I would still be a Christian because it makes me be a better person. And it's true. If you follow Jesus with all your heart and if you put it, Jesus at your number one priority, you might, if looking at it, you're like, well, if I'm doing all these things, like giving all this time to Jesus and stuff, I, I'm not going to be there for my family. That's not true at all. Because as you start serving Jesus, you start bringing people in with you. You bring your family along with you. You know, I I love our time serving, like when we did the food hampers. Families came, you know. My little sister was packing oatmeal into boxes. And it was so cool because the family was coming together doing this for Christ. And it's because we, when you put Jesus first, you bring people along. So you won't be alone. You won't be ultimately leaving everyone behind because you'll be doing what Christ tells you, and Christ tells you to, to disciple people, to, to lead people, to be a leader, but following him, you know, following Jesus' footsteps. I can't believe I'm going to do this. Please don't trip. Please don't trip. Um, you know, it, it's how often do we do things for Christ, and then you think, oh, I did X, Y, and Z, and now these people aren't going to be here because I'm doing this, but they see you as a light. They see you doing these amazing things for the community, for people, and all these things. So it's where is God on your priority list? You know, so many times in North America, we forget to put him and we think, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just worried about the things to come. The worried of how I'm, how am I going to provide for all these things, you know? And so I found this one verse and it's just perfect to go along with this. And, and this is Jesus in the best sermon ever preached. Sorry, Raja. Um, Jesus got you on that. Um, but he, Jesus even says, so don't, wor- um, don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and the things will be given to you as well. So many times we put our jobs, our other things in front of, in front of Jesus, because we're like, well, I'm not going to be able to provide for my family. I'm not going to be able to, to put food on the table, to put money on the table, or, or my kid's sports, I already paid for him, and he has practice on Sunday mornings, or whatever youth night is, whatever, it, you know, we have all these excuses, but it's, but it, where is God in your priority? Do you think God wants you to put sports jobs over your family, over him? No, he's even saying he will provide for us in the time of need. You know, he's even, Jesus even says, God knows you need these things. God knows you need food. He, he knows you need clothing, all these things. It's not that God doesn't know that. It's, it's do you know that God will provide for you? Where, where are we to say that, that I need to work so much so I can do X, Y, and Z? 
when trusting in God, God, I don't know where my food's going to come from. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family this month, but I trust in you and I trust that you will bring this to me. You know, going to Africa, that's all the stories you hear is, I don't know how I'm going to pay for these kids to go to school. I don't know how I'm going to put food on my family's table. I have six kids and I work, you know, I work five days a week for eight hours, but I still love my kids and, and we're eating posho and beans. And if you've had posho, it's not very good. Um, it's like eating cardboard, literally. Um, but w- God provides for them every time. It's so cool. Story after story, wherever you go, it's I trust in God and he prov- provided for us. You know, here at UCC, so many times we're like, we don't know how we're going to do this, but let's see what happens. And sure enough, we pray and trust in God and he just blows our mind up. And it's like, oh yeah, he does answer prayers, you know? And it's, and it's where are his, where is priorities? And like, I was speaking at a camp this year and I heard the most amazing story. So this one guy who runs the camp, well, he is in charge of the camp. He, his all three of his kids played rep sports, but they had one rule that their kids would not play sports on Sunday or they, would, they had to go to church. And every single time that the coaches are like, we have practice at this time, they said, you know what? We can't do that. Our kid, um, our kid has to go to church. No ifs, ands, or buts. Every time they trusted in God, the coach was like, oh, okay, we'll push the practice time back or, oh, we'll get the game to get pushed back. And it's like, and the coolest thing is all three of their kids are like totally leading this camp, like the three biggest leaders at the camp. And it's so cool to see that they put God first and God is coming through their kids because they're trusting that God will make all those things right with their kids. And it's like, who are we to say that God won't provide for us in that way? You know, who are we to, to take God away from where he's supposed to be? It's the smallest thing, but it's the most important thing, you know, and and it's just so cool to story after story. I'm sure if you can ask anyone in the church, every time they, they take control and give control to God, God comes through. He's come through in my life immensely time after time. And it's, it's just what happens. It's, it's God because he likes showing us who's boss sometimes, you know, it's just so cool. (laughs) So the next part is. Um, we, oh, I didn't click there. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, (laughs) we North Americans are bigger than camels. So true. Um, think about it. Uh, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, "You, you shall still lack one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than uh, someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I know camels are pretty big. I don't know what eye of needle Jesus was talking about, but it must be like the world's biggest needle somewhere. I wonder if they have one of those, like biggest pin. I don't know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, and, and the thing that I love is, is how big is your struggle? How big are the struggles you're dealing with from the past? How big are your struggles from last year? Are, they, are you going to turn them into the, to the size of a thread? Are you going to turn them so you can put them into God's hands? Or are you going to make it bigger than a camel? Are you going to try and stif, stick your wallet through the needle? Or are you going to try and stick whatever struggle it is? We get caught up on the money and forget that it's any struggle. 
are, you know, when we start doing something over and over again, we start building this rut, you know, like a car track. And once you're in a dirt track, how hard is it to get you out of that rut? You know, we think about, oh, Jesus, it's going to be so hard for me to, to move, to do this, you know. There's so many people here that stories of recovery, you know, mine. I, I have 16 months sober from alcohol. And, and that September of last year, not this last year, was the hardest step for me. Because I was stuck in this rut. And I didn't want to take that, take that step to God. I didn't want to take that step with God. I remember going to the leaders retreat. Um, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to tell Raja that I like, was doing all this. And like... And it's so cool because when we take that step out of faith, when we try and take that hard step, God totally redeems us. God totally makes us feel better. You know, it, it, it doesn't matter how big your rut is, how, how wide or deep it is. Those steps might be hard at the start. Those steps might hurt at the start. You, your back might hurt. But let me tell you, God is going to make it better, you know. We have these conversations with God. Is, is God, this is going to be really hard. And he's probably, yeah, I know. It's okay. I got your back. You know, I, I love Psalms 23 when it's like, um, even though in the valley of the shadows of death, I will freedom. I don't know, the part when he comforts you. That's, I, can't, I can't believe I can't remember it right now. I always remember it. It's my favorite Bible chapter. Um, but he will comfort you. He will. It's so true. Time after time, God will comfort you. And it's, and it's proven. Paul even writes in 2 Corinthians, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we comfort ourselves, with the comfort we receive, ourselves receive from God. Let's learn how to read, Marshall. Um, Even if we're in a rut, even if the next step is going to hurt, Jesus has the biggest and best. He's the most gracious, the most merciful person ever. The Holy Spirit that is in you, if you take it like Raja has been preaching on, if you accept that Holy Spirit that is in there, he will bring you comfort. He will bring you mercy. He, will bring, he does show you grace continuously. It's so hard to sometimes accept that grace because of how long ago it was. We think, oh, how can a guy 2,000 years ago relate to me? My struggle nowadays is, is the hardest struggle that anyone has gone through. No one has gone through anything worse than me. And it's like, no, dude. Like, everyone struggles the same way as you. Struggles, no matter how big it is, how wide, small it is, everyone can compare to them. Everyone's struggles compare in some sense. But are you going to let that struggle keep you in that rut? Are you going to let that struggle keep you in that time of hurt and pain? Or are you going to look to your past, be convicted by it, and want to take the step out of the rut? It might be the hardest step of your life. I've done it many times. But it, usually the hardest steps of your life lead to the most rewarding times of your life. How often do we regret coming to church on a Sunday morning and then being convicted by God, being like, oh, hey, here's something in your life you need to be changed by. Sure, it might hurt being like, well, maybe I should take a step back from work or something, but it will be the most rewarding thing because God will redeem you. God will bring comfort to you and your family and your friends. And then the last part, there is no I in change. Um, 
a certain, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit life, eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and all these things. And he says, all these things I have kept since I was a boy, he said. See, this guy is so lost and so confused and so stuck in the old Jewish religion that he doesn't realize what Jesus is actually teaching. You know, we can't look to our past and think, how can I do this? Jesus, how can I change? What do I need to change? Me, 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 I, I, I. We, I, love, I love those two phrases, but I forget that it can't be me and I all the time. You know, the Holy, we need to be straws, like Raja preached about. We need to be straws with the Holy Spirit flowing through us. And when the Holy Spirit is flowing through us, it's not an I anymore. It's not a me anymore. It's a we, because the Spirit is in you. The Spirit is a part of you. And then also, you need to come together with other straws. And then the bigger the straw, the bigger the drink. That's a good run. Um. <laughs> and it's true. When, when you come together and surround yourself with godly people, the bigger the better, right? That's, that's the big term. If you come together, people will lift you up, help you out. You can't do this. You can't do life on your own. You can't, you can't change on your own. You know, the step one, like, um, is to admit we are powerless. Step two is to come to believe that God is with you. You know, uh, yeah, I, I, um, you can't do this on your own. You, you have to believe that God is with you and that God will help you change. You can't do an I anymore. And then you have to find people to surround yourself with. And then secondly, which is the best part, salvation is not an action of works. Salvation is a gift. Christ came as a gift to us. Nothing we can do, nothing we will ever do can gain us that salvation. Nothing that we're not good enough to to earn that gift that we were given, but he gives it to us anyways. You know, we just had Christmas and I think about all the gifts I had, all the gifts I got from all my amazing family, friends, whatever it may be. And that gift does not even come close to the gift I was given 2,000 years ago. How many times do we forget that the gifts of this world don't even compare to that? How many times do we get caught up in, God, I'm not good enough. I need to do this. I need to do that. When Jesus is like, dude, you're missing the point. I already gave you the gift. I already did everything that needed to be done. You just need to turn your life over to me. You just need to say, all right, Jesus, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit into me and I'm going to, you know, just keep working. And when I fall, I fall on grace. Is that what was in the song? Or in the song, it was just saying, when I fall, I fall into grace. I think that's what it was. But how, how many times do we do that? We fall backwards and we're like, oh, we're like on a turtle, like kicking our legs and feet and we can't get up. It's no Jesus wants us to fall forward, fall into his grace. And every time he's going to pick us up, brush us off the dirt, give us a kiss on the forehead and give us a spank and go on your way. Get it done, son, you know? Um, Sports reference, basketball, if you're not a Raptors fan, go Raptors. Um, um, Like I talked about in the beginning, are you going to be convicted or are you going to condemn yourself? Are you going to be convicted that Jesus has given you this gift? Are you going to be convicted that looking back on this past 20, 2014, that 
God doesn't want you to stay in the same place you were then. He wants you to grow more and more. But you need to remember, you need to come with other believers in your arms. You need to come with other believers to help support you so that you don't condemn yourself. We usually like to condemn ourselves and then others around us usually don't like to condemn us. You know, I think about my community of friends and every time I'm like, ah, I'm so stupid, blah, blah, blah. They're like, yeah, you are, but it's okay. Jesus loves you anyways. I'm like, thanks, I guess. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just so cool knowing that, that our past doesn't matter anymore. That the struggles you went through, the struggles you're going through right now, they don't matter if you give it to Jesus. You know, I look at my past. I look at so many people I know who have had horrible pasts and those things don't matter. Those things don't define them anymore. The things that define them is God living in them. And that's what we need to search for. And as we, today we're, we're having communion and it's something I want you to think about. I think what a better time, of course, the last Sunday of the year is we're going to have communion. And think about that awesome amazing gift that Jesus gave to us 2,000 years ago. Um, the ushers, you can go grab the stuff. I'm almost done. So um, Today, as you're thinking about um, taking communion and as you're thinking about the past and this past year, think about it in a good way. Think about it in a way that's going to convict you to grow, that's going to push you closer to God rather than pull you away. Because the last thing Jesus really wants us to do is to pull away from him. The last thing he wants us to do to ourselves is to pull us away from him. And we forget that sometimes. We forget that he wants us close. To, he wants us to be close to him. But we build our walls like a little masonry guy, building our walls brick by brick. As Jesus is standing there like, uh, you don't have to do that. So as you're taking communion today, think about that amazing and awesome gift that Jesus gave to you. Think about how, how you don't need to do anything. Don't be like the rich man ruler and be so confused by the old ways of thinking you have to do X, Y, and Z to be saved. When the only thing you have to do is ask Jesus in your life and ask for his forgiveness. And there's nothing too big or too small that he doesn't forgive. You know, we can go, we can stand in a circle and tell everyone our past and tell everyone our struggles. And Jesus is like, yeah, that's no big deal. I got that. It's all good, you know? But we, in our North American way, get so caught up and we make ourselves into being bigger than a camel that we can't fit through the needle that God has given us. So I'm going to pray really quick and then Raj is going to come up and lead us in communion. But just bow your head and... Um, just, uh, it's so cool how we can come together and be open and honest with each other. So I pray that you guys know that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have a past, but to be convicted and loved by, just know that it needs to be conviction to grow from rather than a condemnation of yourself. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll go from there. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for just that gift that you gave us um, 2,000 some years ago. Jesus, you, you told us that there's nothing we can do but just trust in you and believe in you, that you will provide for us. Father, I pray that anyone here today that is struggling in a place of anything, but they are um, 
they are condemning themselves right now. God, I pray that you, you, you just release that feeling of them, God, and, and just convict them, God. Convict them of how to grow in their life. Convict them of how to pursue you more and love you more, God. Help them to stop putting the things in front of you. Help them to know that you say you will provide for them, God. Jesus, you said that in, in the best sermon ever, that God knows that we need the things of food, of clothing, and all those things. Help us to remember that you will provide in those ways, God. Holy Spirit, I just asked that today we feel your presence abundantly, and I thank you for having your presence felt already. Holy Spirit, I pray as we take communion, we, you just show us and help us feel the grace that Jesus gave us. Holy Spirit, there's, there's nothing, there's no better gift that, that we've already been given. And God, I pray today, everyone here today at UCC opens that gift with excitement and joy, God. Opens the gift of salvation that, and just are so grateful for it, God. Help them to see it through new eyes today. And we pray all of this in your son's holy and precious name, Jesus. Amen.